Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Saddle hunters, our brothers over at Tethered, continue to kill the game by releasing innovative products. They just recently put out the Eberhardt Series Saddle. They also put out the Menace Saddle, which is for our, our husky brothers and sisters that are into saddle hunting. That does but that saddle will do just maybe a little bit better job of cupping your quote-unquote assets. But the thing that I'm most excited about is their recent release of the Tethered One Climbing Stick. Um, this thing is crazy light, crazy strong, and crazy quiet. I'm just going to cut to the chase here and give you some specs. Each stick weighs in at less than one pound. That includes your Dynalite rope attachment. Uh, a three-pack of these will weigh in at 2.7 pounds, which is ridiculously light. It's a 17-inch step-to-step uh, single stick uh, single stick height, and there's an 8.5-inch uh, step footbed, which gives you plenty of room for, for those of us folks with, with, with bigger feet. It's all made with aerospace-grade titanium and aluminum for construction. So if you'd like to learn more about Tether's innovative products, Head over to tetherednation.com and check them out. This podcast is brought to you by Skull Brew Coffee Company. Skull Brew Coffee roasts premium single origin coffee guaranteed to deliver the freshest coffee directly to your doorstep. The kicker, they're 2% for conservation certified and donate 10% of their proceeds back to organizations who support the interests of our hunting community. So go to skullbrewcoffee.com and pick up one of their three killer roasts and fuel your hunt and fill more tags with Skull Brew Coffee. Welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast brought to you by Skull Brew Coffee Company. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 202. Today we're coming to you live from the rut wagon for the first rut lull, so stay tuned. All right, all right, all right. What's up, everyone? Happy Wednesday to you. Hope you're doing well. Hope you are feeling fine. You are listening to this season's inaugural rut log. And unlike last year, which all you heard during the course of last year was my dumb ass talking every episode. <laughs> Except when actually that's not true. I had John on like twice, I think. But that was a solo trip. But this trip is a little different this year. I've got some, some fellas with me um, that were hanging out here in Missouri. And uh, we're staying in the rut wagon, so the inaugural rut wagon. It smells like beet feet and buttholes <laughs> in, in here right now. <laughs> and, only, and we're only on day three, so it's going to get worse. Yeah. But to my left here, I have Mr. Chad Sylvester. You all know him, love him. Rodeo, whiskey, 
Man of many names. Man of many <laughs> names, yeah. Many talents. One of those talents, not putting milkweed into a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> and to my right is Mr. Zach, the camera guy. Sure. Yeah. What's going on, man? Oh, it's been fun so far. Yeah, yeah. It's hopefully been... we get on some uh, some more deer action. Hopefully we get on a few more a few more deers. Um, so you know, as you guys follow the podcast, we've you know, I'm I'm in Missouri now. This is you know what I like to refer to as our my my Midwest killing spree. You know, um, <laughs> don't hope, jinx yourself hope, now. Well, yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's that, that's what I'm calling it. Uh, hoping, wishing, and hoping that it turns into that. But uh, now this is one of those hunts where um. You know, Missouri has been a place that's been on my list um, to to go to for a while, especially, you know, being in Iowa last year and um, had the opportunity to come out here and, and, and hunt this year and, and really didn't have a chance to do any scouting at all. So everything I did was all e-scouting and we hopped into a piece. Um, I guess I got here Saturday night or whatever. I think this. Yeah. The day before. Yeah. Yes. I came in Sunday. Yeah, that's right. I did a little bit of scouting that night, not a lot, because uh, I got here kind of late, and then we just kind of hit it on on Sunday. And Zach and I put on probably six miles. I think it was like five point nine miles. Yeah, we did or something 9. like that. We found some decent sign. Um, some of the sign was big sign, mm-hmm. um, but this was a river bottom that I haven't had a whole lot of experience hunting. And uh, you know, it's always good to be uncomfortable to a degree and, and learn some new things. Um, but there was a fair amount of pressure. And the more we kind of started learning about this property with the amount of ag that was on it, it felt like this property saw its heyday probably in early season. And, and then Chad kind of confirmed that he got into camp yesterday. Was it on Sunday night, Sunday night? Yeah. Yeah. And today was really his, or when I say today, we're recording this on Monday. So Monday was really his opportunity to kind of put boots on the ground and and pound the pavement and went, to a doe bedding area. And so just talk a little bit about what you saw in, the, in, in that piece. Yeah. So you guys, um, kind of focused in the Northern part of the piece. Um, so I just dove straight into the South, Southern, Southern part. And there were some backwater channels and some willow thickets. And, you know, when you look at the, the satellite image of that particular piece, um, it just, there's not, I mean, there's structure there, but a vast majority of it seemed like just a, a sea of, it wasn't really CRP, but a fallow field, you yeah. know, just overgrown, grown up, um, hasn't been tilled in, um, you know, I, I don't know how many years. Right. And just a bunch of just like swaths cut yeah, through cuts it. cuts in the middle. You of know it. what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's like, I would almost say like in some of those places, it's funny cause you and I hunt like an area that will be an undisclosed area that we'll be going to, you know, you know, here in the next, you know, seven days or so. And that area has no structure, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And then we go to a place like this, which is like structure structure out the wazoo to the point to where it's like, I would almost say it has too much. Like those deer have so many edge opportunities and some of them are in around those fallow fields where it's like, unless you had the time and maybe scouted it in the summer or had two or three days just to sit and observe all of that and see if any deer are moving through it and what kind of like little cuts they're using to get from point A to point B you could maybe set up a ground attack because there wasn't a tree in there to be climbed. And it's daunting because it's so big. Oh, and it's, without scouting, I mean, it's daunting. Yeah, yeah. Because that's several hundred acres. Yeah, probably. that bottom, just, yeah. 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 And yeah. so it's just a, it's just like a vast sea of, of nothingness of deer could be possibly anywhere. Yeah, I mean, um, one of the things that I learned a couple years ago in areas like that, like if you see just the tiny little bit of structure in there, and it could just be 
Um, a little bit of topography change, a low spot could be a high spot. It could be a tree. It could be just a cluster of trees. For whatever reason, that little bit of structure is going to, deer are going to gravitate towards that. So as I was basically starting in that southern portion and kind of still hunting, scouting my way through the north, um, after I got through that willow thicket, which is where I found that, that buck that had just been shot a couple of days ago, just like, caught a blood trail and, fo- you know, followed that blood trail right to the, I don't know, it's 115, maybe 120 inch, uh, eight pointer, mainframe eight pointer. Um, but I, as I was working through those bedding areas, that's what was going through my mind is just looking for those isolated islands of trees out in the vast, you know, that those fallow fields. And there was sign there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were rubs, there were scrapes. None of it was fresh. I mean, the the trees that were um, rubbed, all the shavings, have, you know, they were underneath the leaves. So mm-hmm. they were more than likely, like you said, they're from the early part of the season. And I didn't get into any big sign. So there was nothing there telling me, like, this is the piece I need to spend any more time on. Like, I, I, right. I had seen enough in four or five hours. Right. Yeah, I mean... Zach and I, when we put the boots on the ground, like we act, we did come across some some good sign, and I and I would have posted something about it on social, but we had next to no service. Yeah. You know, there was no getting Instagram or whatever where we were at. Um, but we there was a couple fingers that kind of jutted out into this bean field. That, so what we the cool thing was that we actually <clears throat> met some really good dudes at that at that yeah. camp. They weren't staying there; they were staying at the north camp over on the other side of the property, but they were accessing where we were at. And they're from Wisconsin, so shout out to Matt from Wisconsin. He probably doesn't listen to this, but if he does, you know, give him a shout out. Because as soon as we got there, you know, I was getting ready to dip in before Zach had showed up, and I was just going to go do a scout. And he was there getting ready to walk in with his buddy, and he'd asked me if I'd ever been there, and I said no. And he was, I was like, I just, you know, map scouted or e-scouted it. And so he kind of started breaking down the piece for me or whatever. He's like, hey, we've been over here. This is what we've seen. Really just trying to help me, you know, shave time on not – wasting time in places where he's just not seen action or seen sign or whatever. And it seemed like what he said was all the bucks were bedded in the North piece of the woods. Well, the thing was, was like the North is completely covered in poison. Like when I say covered in poison, like it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It just grows straight up out of the ground, like a root <laughs> tree, like, and it's just like all chest, like hip to chest high. And then it's on every single tree. Right. <laughs> and you know, so Zach and I made our way over that way, you know, and tried to find some pieces of timber that were kind of connected to that where we thought, okay, maybe we can't get into the Northwoods because of how much poison there is everywhere. There's not a tree to climb and I'm crazy allergic to it. Um, maybe we can find some pieces of timber w- that they're using to get to the Northwoods to check some of the doe bedding because we scouted the, the river bottom. Mm-hmm. We jump, we jump one deer, right? One, one single doe. One single down doe. Down river bottom. And... So we thought, you know, maybe that's doe bedding down there because it's pretty thick, pretty gnarly. And so maybe they're using that as like a way to get from point A to point B. We ended up finding a hammer rub, a hammer scrape that was right next to that. These were all fresh because the shavings were on, on top of the leaves. And a couple other rubs in and around that water hole that we found. It was like a an old runoff or whatever, yeah. whenever the, the river would flood. They were a little like a smaller, but it was, a, it was a nice thicket where you could see them coming out through to yeah. enter that area. And we had a nice willow thicket next to that one yeah. scrape. And we were like, man... Like, this would be perfect. Like, if they want to come in and scent check any of these, like, fields or whatever for does, they're probably going to slip through here because they can do it and stay under completely undercover, hit what they need to hit, and they're out. And it was right around where those scrapes were at. So that's where we tried to set up Sunday night. It was, like, the worst climb into a tree, like, of the season. <laughs> it, was, it was brutal. <laughs> what um, about this tree? No, poison ivy. What about this one? No, yeah. poison ivy. <laughs> yeah. Literally every tree. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
we finally found a tree to get into, got into it. We think there was a, a, a grunt, probably a young deer, it sounded like, mm-hmm. late late in the evening. But there was one other spot that we found, you know, um, down this access path. Why don't you explain, Zach, where, you know, what we kind of found. That, that was section. further to the north, correct? Well, where we hunted this morning. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it was further to, it was, it was off that same bean field where those fingers were that Clint was talking about. And when we were looking on a map, we were like, man, there's a road that looks like it runs that whole parallel to the river that we were on and it looked like the uh the road went to the river and i had my boat with us so we went over there and scouted that little path and sure enough clint was like dude this looks like a place we're gonna find some some fresh uh, scrapes and sure enough right on that path we saw one what did we see four decently fresh scrapes at least four it might have been five because the four one was five. a double yeah yeah but- and it's just like it just looked like a just a nice little path right off a of bean field with the you know with the little strip of timber and another strip of timber that went to the river right. and the path cut it right in half pretty much yeah sure enough there was rubs all over it and uh we wanted to walk down there see if it went to the river and it did and i had my boat and i was like well dude instead of hiking you know two and a half miles because that's, a, two, that's here, a straight up two mile yeah hike, it's like, a long hike yeah it's an, it's an hour from our camp to get to that to get to that spot yeah so we were like man <clears throat> You know, with the wind that we were going to hunt it on, it would make more sense to access from the river there, park it. We could just hop up literally on the trail we're going to hunt, and it would be like 200-yard walk, if yeah. that, to yeah. get to the tree we wanted to sit in. So and the wind we were going to have this morning also was the reason why, like, the boat made the most sense because that access with the it, boat and the wind was bulletproof. It would have blown us onto another state. Yeah. It, they would have never smelled it. Yeah, yeah. it would have been perfect. Because <laughs> literally we're on the Iowa border, so it's like you could it stand blown there at the us river into another state. Yeah. and you would see, you see Iowa. So we tried that in the evening, and uh, yesterday evening, and it didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We almost got stuck in the boat, a little sketchy, of probably like, what, calf high water? Yeah. <laughs> Cold water? <laughs> yeah. <it> was... <laughs> and luckily I have a bigger motor on this boat, and I was able to, you know, almost uh, yeah, yeah. Get, her, get her out of there. But anyways, but this morning we're like, we got to go back there. It's a longer walk, but we got to go back there. Just, you know, too many rubs in there. So we went back there, um, took the hike in, and sure enough, it was dead quiet. I mean, yeah. you Not could hear a, a you could hear a squirrel fart. It was so quiet. Yeah. And we were walking down that path, almost right where we were going to set up. Clint's like, let's let's hunt the furthest rubs in because there was two back to back on the either side of the trail. Yeah. As we took that step, we heard boom, 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 heavy, heavy hoof prints. And the thing was, is like when we were. So after this happened, I immediately kind of thought, I was like, man, or, well, one, I was like, that sounded like a solo deer, mm-hmm. which that time of year near those scrapes, it was like, was that a buck that was just checking those scrapes? And did he just. Or was he, just, he just about to? Or was Either he just way, about yeah. to? Yeah. And the other thing that I thought of immediately was I checked my milkweed and I was like, he's not coming back because he just winded us. Yep. Because what I didn't think of when we were walking in was the boat was going to be perfect access with the wind. Mm-hmm. When we came in, it was, it was, you know, risk it one way or the other. Either take the access that we took in and keep the field clean if there was anything feeding out in that, right? And then get into your spot and just hope that there wasn't anything getting ready to come out to those scrapes, or at least coming from the north side of the river to the scrapes, right? Yeah. Or dive into the bean field, hit the very like back corner of that bean field and then kind of loop around and come up that way you've got the wind in your face to come up to where we wanted to set which up. is what we probably 
In hindsight, it's what yeah, we hindsight's did. 2020. Yeah, but know, the, anyways, the whole reason why we wanted to get into that spot is is because that little strip of timber connected to the North Woods, which all the intel that everyone that had hunted that said yeah. that's where the bucks are. Yeah, and this was the closest strip of timber that connected to that North Ridge that was close to a gigantic cut bean field with a lot of beans still left on the dirt. Yeah, so that's why we picked that spot, yeah. and there were sign there. And the added benefit or the bonus to that was is when we got back to camp on Saturday night, I think, or Sunday night, Sunday night, Matt had went and scouted the Northwoods, our buddy mm-hmm. from Wisconsin that we met, and he found just like some hammer oh. community scrapes and rubs and stuff like that. So it was for sure known that the deer, the bucks were on that side of the property, mm-hmm. right? And the easiest way for them to get around and check everything was to follow that strip of timber around that was laying along the river's edge, mm-hmm. right? And so it just kind of all made too much, too much sense that that should be, that should be where we're at. And the parking lot, a lot of people were hunting within, you know, maybe a mile or so of the parking mm-hmm. lot. They weren't going all the way down that bottom. So again, it makes more sense that the deer were yeah. pushed probably down to that yeah. bottom where we were. And that was the thing when Zach and I were walking through it initially, you know, when we first walked in and we were looking around the first day and scouting, we were finding a lot of boot tracks yeah. in places, you know. <clears throat> That was the only area when we got down completely to the bottom and started, you know, getting further and further away, we saw zero boot tracks, zero human sign. There was nothing down there. And so we felt like it was pretty, pretty virgin. And everyone has to basically access this thing from the, from the top side of the property down. So it's like, everything's going to get pushed down. So, you know, fast forward to this morning, we bumped that deer. Our buddy Matt showed up at camp when we were getting ready to pull out uh, this afternoon to change locations. And um, we bumped that deer at probably like six oh five, six ten, something like that. Um, and he missed a he missed a hundred and sixty deer that came from our area, hundred and sixty inch deer that came from our area at like right around seven o'clock. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'm not we don't know for certain if it was that deer or not, but we hadn't seen a lot of deer there, just in general. You know, and, not, and we haven't a lot of the people we talked to there hadn't seen a lot of bucks in general. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's pretty good probability that we probably bumped that deer off to him. You know, at least that's kind of what we think. So we sat the rest of that sit, um, actually had some really good action. You know, that place yeah. actually ended up panning out. We ended up seeing two Pope and young deer, you know, one coming in on a doe chasing a doe hard. Um, and then another one that we saw just like a glimpse of a little bit later, probably like five minutes later. Yep. Then we saw another, what, like a forky came mm-hmm. through as well. Like right after that. And then we saw another deer that was just kind of, you know, behind us, there was a levee down there and it seems like they like to run those levees as well. And we didn't, we just caught a glimpse that it was kind of going through the timber moving. It could have been that doe and that buck got behind us because they hit this yeah. ditch and it could have easily got behind us and came back through. But we saw like four or five deer and within like a 20 minute span of time. That was a good hunt. Yeah, it was I a mean, great hunt. Great for hunt. our second sit on that property. Second sit, scouted it out, found hot sign and and got on it because the stuff we were finding was actually f- some fresh scrapes and and stuff like that so big cedar rubs i mean yeah big cedar rubs yeah. so you know i guess uh conventional wisdom would tell you you found bucks you found sign you should stay <laughs> but we actually ended up rolling back to camp and collectively made a decision that you know it just felt like this property probably saw its best days in early season it felt like it probably got pounded during that early season it had seen a fair amount of pressure when we had first got there. When Zach and I first got there, there was plenty of guys there that were hunting. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. 
make a statement, or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Um, and this piece, even though it's fairly decent in size and that bottom is huge, there's only so much timber to get into because it's just really small strips of timber. And so there's very limited, you know, bedding opportunities and, you know, limited opportunities for guys to have effective setups. So that was the reason why we decided to pool camp and head west. And now we're in kind of like central west or not west, I guess, I guess north, it's, it's north, central, north central, yeah, yeah. north central um, Missouri, still not far from the Iowa border. We're still in northern Missouri. Um, and this, Chad, like, why don't you talk a little bit about what this looks like? Because this is this is my this, this is, is your my stuff, man. <laughs> this is I was stuff. so excited. And this is really, um, you know, we talked when we talked about coming to Missouri, um, you know, neither one of us really did much digital scouting. Yeah. I mean, zero boots on the ground, not much digital scouting. In fact, you know, when when I left Sunday, my wife's like, where are you going? I'm like, Missouri. My wife well, said, where at Missouri? Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I have a bunch of pins dropped on several pieces of public, and I'm going to drive till we find something good, and I don't know. We'll end yeah. up where we end up. But this, uh, I like this particular piece. It's a little bit bigger. Uh, it, it it's going to hunt a lot bigger because of the topography. So mm-hmm. this is more hardwoods, more um, traditional hill country. I think the elevation, you know, bottom to top is probably a hundred, hundred and fifty feet. But kind of general rolling hills with steep, deep ditches. Mm-hmm. And um, from what we saw, just driving on some of the access roads, there's a lot, um, there's a lot more drainages than what you would see like in similar hill country in Ohio. Um, I don't think the terrain is nearly as of aggressive, um, but it's similar and it feels like it's a, you know, a play out of my playbook. So I'm, yeah. I'm pretty excited, to, pretty excited to be here. Yeah. That was kind of like my thinking too. It's like this truthfully, it's, you know, it was the first spot that I marked on the map when I knew that I was going to come to Missouri. This was the first place I looked. I shouldn't say it was the first place I looked. It was the first place that I settled settled on and was like, I, w- I would hunt this spot. You know, the first place that we ended up hunting, you know, was a out of um, uh, ease because it's right as soon as you cross the border into Missouri, you know, it's right there at the Iowa border. So it's like, well, it's next to Iowa, let's go ahead and try it because we're already we're, we're passing through. You know, so let's just hit it, scout it, hunt it for a day or two. And then if it doesn't pan out, let's just move on. And so it was more of a, you know, a, a, a thing of like opportunity and see what happens. This piece, though, it's like I agree. It, you know, it feels much more at home, you know, with ridges and points and some of the typical topography that you and I like to like to see changes yep. in elevation, even though, as you said, it's not nearly as aggressive. But where we were at previously in that river bottom, it's like it's flat. I mean, there's like, you come down into the river bottom, the only part that has any elevation changes like up to camp and that's basically yeah. it, right? It's just that the one. Levees. Route. Yeah, yeah. The levees and that's it. Yeah. And, um, this is more kind of classic in, in terms of, you know, what I like to see and, and what I'm familiar with, you know, in, in terms of hunting. The other cool thing is, is too, is like the, the last place we were at, you know, you can scout it pretty quick. It, it hunts bigger than it looks, you know, on the map. But like we said, like there's limited setups. And so it's like you kind of quickly run out of options of like where you might go, especially if you get a couple guys potentially hunting it. This piece here is, you know, more similar to what I hunted in in Iowa in terms of size. It's about 7,000 acres. So you can definitely move and 
get away from people if you need to and, 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 and things of that nature and a lot of diversity because we have where we're staying yeah. the camp. Yep. There's a bunch of ridge systems. that's very similar to what we look at in, in Ohio. If you go further to the North, there's a bunch of like broken, which we need to verify it, but it looks like some small ridges and like hills with like some CRP grassy type of stuff, like around that's completely broken with like a bunch of little pockets of stuff that were, you know, like you were saying that, Bucks could cut out a doe and take them to you know to to breed That's, them there or yeah. whatever. If it looks pretty cool up there, yeah. It's all yeah. it, I don't know if it's CRP or what it is, but it just looks like it's. You were just saying like still hunting and hunting it from the ground. Yeah, it, you know we uh, just looking at the map here a little bit this evening. I think we both have some areas of interest for mm-hmm. tomorrow to to kind of dive in and, and check out. But as the week goes on and when bucks start to lock down with those, that's the area that I want to go still yeah. hunt. Yeah, I can see. Um, I mean, there's so many, there's so much edge there and different pockets where, you know, bucks can carve out a doe and isolate them. I mean, if you can lay eyes on one, yeah, it, it's game on. So and you could get some of those ridges too. I think that would be interesting. It's kind of like to check that out to see if some of those ridges up there, if you can get up a vantage point enough to see down in it to kind of glass it and watch and see if they yeah. are kind of, you know, cutting out a doe and taking them to a certain spot or if there's bucks even just particularly bedding in there you know at this time of year it's like it's hard to find where they're bedding just because they're moving so much or they're probably just laying down sleeping wherever the hell they get tired at this point but it would be interesting to see or maybe there's a doe family group that's using you know bedding in a spot and you can hunt down you know the downwind side of that piece you know that particular little yeah. brush pile or whatever to see if any bucks are going to kind of come cruise by or whatever um but no this place is really cool what do you think of it zach man are you well like you guys said i mean it's all th- all three of us are, I think, kind of grew up and used to hunting this type of topography. I probably most of your listeners probably hunt this type of topography, right? right? Like yeah. most of the country, you're going to find timber ridges, yeah, full of post oaks, white oaks, chinkapin oaks, all kinds of oaks. So I think this is this a little bit more in our wheelhouse. And not only, you know, where we're camping, it looks like that. There's some nice TSI across the road too, so they've yeah. done some management too, which yeah. might create some good bedding areas, but. Um, not only do you have that ridgy type, just straight timber blocks like we're in now, but that stuff to the North, yeah. that looks like looking at it at the map, it looks like the sand hills. Like yeah. it, they're not cedar thickets. There looks like they're oaks on the maps. Like a, we haven't verified it, but right. there's just a lot of diversity here. So I think yeah. it's going to be fun hunting yeah. here the rest of the week. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <clears throat> you know, I think, I mean, what did I say? <laughs> When we pulled in, there was a doe that kicked out of the timber <laughs> when, we, when we set up the trailer. <laughs> and I was like, we just saw 20% as many deer set up the trailers we did while we were at the last spot in three days. So. And we were so fired up, we grabbed the boats. We heard a Boone and Crockett squirrel running yeah, across the road. We thought there was a buck chasing. <laughs> Chad was about to He was in his sandals over there about here, to kill. Yeah. I was Chad. in sweatpants and flip-flops. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, old, one. the old sandal slayer. Yeah. You know. <laughs> we're pretty fired Bow up. Bow hunting Jesus in your yeah. Jesus sandals. <laughs> Oh man. But yeah, I think, um, tomorrow the plan is, you know, we've not been here yet. We've not scouted. Um, you know, so for me, it's going to be, there's an area on one of these ridges I want to get to. It's down actually close to this bottom. And that bottom looks like it's pretty wide. We don't know what's down. Actually, no, we do kind of know what's down there. We drove by it on the way. Well, we drove by the one end of it. We didn't see like the, 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 like the vertical side of it where we saw the skinny side of it, like yeah. how you would walk into it. And it looks like it's just like brushy, Crick bottom, you know, just grass and brush, like as far as I could see, as far as driving by it on the road. I don't know if it continues that or if it ends up being some type of, 
pasture field or whatever it is as, as, as you go. But that area kind of looks interesting to me. And then there's some private that's down there that I kind of want to get down near the edge of that ridge where it kind of drops off. The other cool thing is too, um, that we were talking about was that this will play, you know, you, as you guys know that are listening, I'm a big fan of Dan. Dan Enfault did a whole series with him. <laughs> did like 20 episodes with Dan. Poor guy had to spend 20 episodes with me. <laughs> um, but as you know, like Dan, you know, the top third um, leeward side of a ridge, you know, and so going to get a lot of south and southwest type of winds that are here. Um, and these ridges or these hills more so than, you know, ridges or mountains, you know, these hills kind of set up for that kind of classic, you know, bedding on that side of the of the of these ridges. And so that's going to probably be probably what I focus on on these ridges first is kind of checking those out, taking that elevation around, line around these ridges, trying to find where that, you know, thermal hub, suppose, you know, so to speak, would be to where they're going to want to travel that particular, you know, trail or path. Um, check the tops of these ridges for sign, which a lot of times is going to be nighttime sign, but it's just figuring out where they're spending some time and then kind of being able to go from there. It's kind of the game plan. So it's going to be scout like a mug tomorrow. <laughs> Set up if you find hot sign. If not, just pound some pavement and start making a making a, a plan. Um, you know, so I plan to log a lot of a lot, lot of miles tomorrow. But the weather's not going to be great rolling in. You know, so it's going to be warm. Yeah, warm temps in the afternoon. Um, the morning's going to be the you know the morning sits are going to be at a premium this week. That's yeah. There, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. I so totally agree. What's your plan for tomorrow? Um. Well, I want to go check out. Um, see, the interesting thing, most of the hill country that i hunt is really aggressive um really steep slopes very narrow ridges or tops i mean almost like spine backs yeah and then the bottoms are the same way it's almost like if you just drew um like w's on (laughs) a piece of paper and that's what the that's what the ridge sections and bottoms would look like and here it seems like like i said earlier the the terrain is a lot less aggressive more subtle and the tops seem to be a lot flatter and mm-hmm. wider. So I want to get up on that one ridge top that runs um it runs from the southwest to the northeast. We have a south wind, so it's gonna set up on that northern northern facing slope, the leeward side, and it drops down into a uh, a creek bottom and there's a pinch there. And I wanna get set up and hunt that point in the morning. Um so I'll have the wind kind of, I mean, it'll be in, in the deer's favor. It'll be iffy for me, I think. Right. But I should have thermals rising, the wind blowing over my shoulder, and just get up there and, and kind of glass some of that bottom. And then uh, and then from there, just scout every afternoon. So I think that's my plan for the week is morning sit, sits. Morning sits. Yeah, morning sits and scout the rest of the day. I have uh, plenty of cell cameras with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah good. <laughs> Strong Verizon service, so I think that's that's going to play a big part in this week. Of yeah, it's good to mention because like it, we should talk about that a little bit because I think a lot of times, you know, I started doing it some last year when I was I was in Iowa. I think a lot of times when guys take some of these out of state trips that might only be like four or five days or a week or whatever the case is, they don't they maybe don't uh, take the time to kind of put out cameras or you know use them and in, in, or find value in them necessarily. I think in the classic sense, you probably, you don't, you can't use them the same per se. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you have to kind of change a little bit, but so talk a little bit about how you usually use cameras or how you'll use cameras in these short kind of increments. Well, I mean, back home, well, we're running cameras 365 for that annual data to use for the following year. And, you know, with standard SD card cameras, I think that's the best way that you can run them. We talk about that all the time, but in these short 
five, six, seven, ten day trips or whatever this is going to be for us, um, having real time information at six different spots coming back to you is you can't even put a value on that. Yeah. I mean, you're cutting your scouting time down by, you know, it's like having six, you know, six duplicates of you Yeah. in the woods scouting. So in the afternoons, um, you know, th- that's going to be a priority tomorrow. Get as many cameras out as you can. And, and even if, uh, you know, even if those spots might not be ideal, I'm, I'm throwing cameras up irregardless. I have right. them. And if they turn out to be duds, then, yeah, I'll, I'll go move them. But I think um, right now at the front end of the trip, I think it's 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 gonna it's gonna pay dividends to yeah to get get some information. Well, any per, anyone that you talk to or you hear that does, you know, I'll, I always think of Andy May. Whenever I think about a state hunting, like a guy who just is a killer and gets it done, like he'll take a three day trip and he'll kill a hundred and fifty inch deer somewhere. You know what I mean? It's like that's how he does it. Yeah. You know, and the funny thing is though, is he'll take a three day trip and he'll scout two days. Uh, observe and i don't necessarily use his cameras but the the idea is the same it's like he's gaining intelligence for two days and then he's executing against the intelligence for a day yeah you know or he's gaining intelligence for two days and he's executing against it for two days or whatever the case is and that's kind of the same idea here and to me you're right it's like the cell cams are a game changer in that regard you know what i mean because you know for me it's like i prioritize like any scrape i find that would be decent would get a cell camera 100 you know because those are going to be primary setup spots i'm probably going to go and, and actually hunt and I want to know, or I might set it up somewhere that maybe, you know, it's like, hey, I found this scrape here, but then I scouted and I found like a big primary scrape here. I want to know if there's deer hitting this. If there are, they're likely hitting this one too. So then I'm going to hunt this one. I'm not going to expect that that deer is probably going to be in the area as well. Yeah. You know? Well, that's, that's, that's exactly it. Even though you're putting these cameras up, you might not go hunt that specific camera right. location, but having, having the information know that there's a deer on that ridge or in that bottom or in that area. Yeah. There's probably a better setup somewhere for you to physically hunt that deer right. where the camera is. So, Or if there's like you all of a sudden jump some does and you're like, this is really thick, probably doe bedding, right? Yeah. I found a scrape over here, right? There's a there's a little pinch here between the scrape and this doe bedding or whatever the case is. Like, that's probably a pretty good spot to set up, yeah. right? And so I'd put a camera on one of those two and then hunt the other, yep. you know, so... But all right, man, I think that's... Uh, I think, is there anything else to add? Zach, you have anything else to add or are we... Uh, no, that's good. I'll say that's a that's a good takeaway for me, just personally with the cameras, because that's something I I just walk around and find sign and hunt it. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean that's because I think it also helps eliminate spots, so you don't waste time. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. So well, that, that, I, that's a great takeaway. To I, me, I, that's the most important thing. That yeah, we just said it's eliminating where you're not going to spend time because that was exactly what I did in Iowa, and it was eye opening for me as I was using a cell camera on on, on a scrape because the only thing I wanted to know. Because as you know, it's like whenever you're in rut, it's like a scrape can be hot today and then cold for the next five. You know what I mean? And so you want to know that it's still working. And it doesn't mean I necessarily needed to see a, a buck hit it or even the buck that I want to shoot. I just want to see deer hit it. Because mm-hmm. what that tells me is that there's still does in there that are using it, especially if there's does hitting it or whatever. It's like, okay, there's plenty of does hitting it. This scrape is going to be active. Bucks are going to have to come by and check it or they will be coming by to check it. And so that tells me, yes, I can spend time there. If it goes cold, then I'm like, yep, I don't need to spend any time there until it until it turns back on. Yeah, you know, especially on these short trips, it's like you don't want to be sitting over a cold scrape. You know what I mean? Because it's you can waste three days exactly doing once, that. Yeah, once they go dead, just turn the attention to doe bedding. Yep, go, yep. go straight into doe bedding. Awesome. Well, I think that's a wrap for this session. I hope everyone out there. I hope your rut is going the way you want it to, and I hope that ours uh, continues what we saw today. Yeah, more for more sure. of that. You know, so more inches, 
<laughs> more, more inches, yeah. What we saw today, but more inches. But uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and good luck to you. All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. If you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast in hell. While you're at it, head over to YouTube and give us a sub there as well. I'd be super appreciative if you do those couple things for me. And before I shut this thing down, I need to give a big shout-out to our partners who continue to help us make this podcast possible. Tether, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Skull Brew Coffee Company, and Maven Optics. And until next time, we'll see y'all. All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do hard shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro-dosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.